0: Is. all right good evening we're learning maseches it just started becoming natural to not save almost like this week okay uh, that was my exciting uh, update for the day uh oh tomorrow night is the um for, i didn't say that but you're interrupting me so give it a second michael relax um tomorrow night is the hespathium for uh uh and it's at the same exact time so it doesn't really make sense to do that i think we may i may jump into like an hour earlier i know that's a little annoying but we'll have to okay. see what i can do but
1: that'd
0: be right. i i definitely am not going to co i'm definitely not going to coincide with the that's for sure so right, i'll just figure straight. out the logistics i'll probably do seven seven three, i'll figure out what it is it's not a long duff um and we'll figure it out uh but just want to make sure that anyone who wants to go is able to go uh, to work 40 minutes before me. yeah yeah uh, yeah that's a possibility that's a possibility um, and the second piece of news is that on Tuesday, I'll be on a plane during Dafiomi. I'm probably just going to pre-record and post, but I don't know how the logistics for that will work out. I'll let you know. Okay. So we're on the top of Daf Yolchessim at Aleph, and um, like yesterday at the end of the blog, which was really actually quite a complex sugya, we were trying to figure out a little bit about the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua. And if you keep a hand on Daftes Vavam and Beis at the open of the parak, you'll see there that there's an opinion of Rabbi Yoshua with a case where he says uh, there was a field that used to belong to your father and I purchased it. And the Gemara yesterday gave one approach as to why this case was specifically this case. And now we're going to learn two more such iterations as to why the case that we learned on in this new Mishnah, in the new Perak is exactly as it is on the top of Yerchesim at Aleph on the top line. And maybe our Mishnah should have taught the case a little bit differently. Maybe the case should have been Maybe the case in our Mishnah should have been where a man says to his friend, I lent you money, Uh, I borrowed, excuse me, I borrowed uh, a money from you, and I paid you back. Remember the principle that we were learning about, so the Pesha Asar was the first comment, which is um, that uh, that I, in fact, owe you money. And the second gets him out of the mess, which is, and I paid you back. So says the Gemara, maybe we should say, shehu neman, that that's really what's going on in our Mishnah. And our Mishnah says, that can't be. Because the me- the rest of our Mishnah says, Mishum seifa. what does the end of our Mishnah say, which makes this case impossible? It says, edim shehu neman, that had there been Edim, he would not have been Neiman. But says the Gemara, that can't be. Because alan, be edim, lifroa be edim. Be edim, you don't have to pay with Edim. And therefore, by definition, that can't be our Mishnah, because our Mishnah is talking about paying with Edim. That's obviously not what the case that's in our Mishnah. So then the Gemara suggests another possibility. We're eight lines down and says the Gemara, maybe we can teach yet another possible permutation of our Mishnah, then maybe I have a hundred of your father. That's the Pesha. Sorry. He's admitting that he owes money to someone. The And I paid him back half. I know it's a strange language of the Pesha. And I ate. It's really, I made him eat. It's what? I fed him. Right. So that's where the grammar comes in from the from grade school, depending on what grade school you went to. It really <laughs> does depend. Grant, I went to Hillel Torah, so I learned about some of these things. I don't remember any of it. But I know that this word means that he fed him, and it means that money was paid back. Maybe that's the case of our Mishnah. Uh, and says the Gemara, that does not work. It can't be that that's the case, where it's Pesha Asar, which is also pesha hiter in this case. Why not? Because Alibazaman, Who is that like? Now, we're going to actually learn the rough sketch of the brysa before the brysa and here's the rough sketch if it's according to the rabbanon how do the rabbanon look at a case like this this is the same as a Saveda. it's no different than returning an object I'm just saying I owe you money so here's the money that I owe you we equate this return of a loan um, we equate this return of a loan to a Saveda. and if it was according to a boy. he holds that actually a shabbat would need to be taken in this case because this is a Case that we refer to in the learning world as moda b'miktsas sataina. What does this guy admit? What was the case here? I I borrowed a hundred. I, I paid you back half. Meaning I'm I agree that I gave that I'm giving you half. I, I only owe you half. So he's mode sataina. Generally throughout Shas, so when it's mode sataina, the halacha is you have to make a shvua. So it says the Gemara. If he holds like the Rabbanon, then it's like Hashabah Saveda. That's not our case. If he holds like Rabbalah ben Yaakov, then he's requiring a Shua. Our mission doesn't talk about Shua, so it can't be like that either. What is the bigger? Mari Makom here says the Gemara Detanya, third of the way down in What is the Brisa? Right, Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov Omer. There are times that a person has to make a shvua even on his own taina. What's the case? Says the Gemara, quoting this Brisa. If I uh, if I really owed your father a hundred, but I fed him, I paid him back half. That's where a person when they're making their own taina, where where they have to actually uh, make a shvua, but that's only according to the Tanakama. <speaking in Hebrew> so here's where we see these two Shitas that are playing out properly. And really, if we pause right here, what we therefore see is Rabbi Yoshua in our Mishnah is not aligned like either of the Shitas. He's not aligned like the Tanakama who's talking about a Shavasaveda, and he's not aligned like Rabbi, Rabbi Yakub who requires a Shavuah. Therefore, our Mishnah. Rabbi Yeshua can't be this case either of I borrowed 100 from your father and I paid him back half. It's impossible. Now we're going to get into a sugya within a side sugya. And that is this right here, which is this last shita, this last brysa that we just learned. What did it say there? Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Leslie, Meshiv, Avedo, Pater. Does Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov ever have a case like this where it's where he views it as Hashavas Avedo and not as making a Shua Atmo? Says the Gemara. Amarav, what was Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov talking about over here? Betoan no katan where there was a child who made the claim. We're going to see soon that this word katan is a misunderstood word. It doesn't mean child in this case, but right now we're assuming that it means a child. Says the Gemara, wait, a katan never makes a shvua. We don't make a shvua if a child is the one who makes the claim. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. In this context, what does katan mean? My katan, and the Gemara answers that we're talking about a gadol, because that's not confusing, right? When you call the katan a gadol, then that's confusing. Asks the Gemara, well, then why did you do that? Why did you call this guy a katan? He's 25 years old. Why did you call him a katan? He's a gadol, says the Gemara, because relative to the other players in the story, he was the child. What was the case? When it comes to his father's uh, his father's wealth, his father's estate, katan who? Okay, but in halachic terminology, a katan, we just learned you, Kata, naktana. Uh, we, we even had a Bogeres and a Nara. We we chiseled down all the way down to the month mark. 12 and 6 months, everything is so... Uh, he's a Katan. He might be a grown man with a family, but he's still a Katan. Yeah, maybe he was a Nara at that point. I don't know how old he was. I have no idea. But he was probably not a Nara. So we see this application as well, where it's referring to him as a katan, but it's not actually a katan. And really it's mili aviv Says the Gemara, hold on one second. Ihachi, if it's true that the son was representing the claims of his father, then that breaks what our Brisa was talking about. We had said, and Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov presented like this, what is a tainas atzmo where you make a shvua? And we gave the answer. says the Gemara, If it's the son talking about the father, it's tainas atzmo. That's not tainas atzmo. It's tainas Acherimu. Then he's talking about somebody else. That's not the same case. That's not what we're talking about. Our Brisa was talking about tainas atzmo. But if you're saying that the child was giving a taina for his father, that's tainas acherem. He's speaking about someone else's money. And what do we know about Tainasakher Das Atmo? That's normal. Kolhi, in every case, we have ta anaso, ta anasa ta nasa, We're always talking like that in bed. One guy says you owe me X, and the other guy says, okay, fine, here's the money or not, whatever the case. That's a classical case, but that's not Hodas Atma. That's not our case. Ella, you're right. Says the Gemara, what is going on with this brisa between the Chachamim and Rabbalazar Ben Yaakov? The Gemara says, six lines, five lines from the bottom. Really, what they're arguing about is the Shita of Rabbah, Rabbah Rabba says, ma'amra modem tainu yishava. Why is it that we have a Torah law that when a person is modet, to half of the Taina? when he's motivated to half the Taina, yishava, that he should make a Shavua. So the Gemara says, and this is a principle that we need to recall throughout Shas. This will come up a lot, certainly starting now, really not so much in the past, but certainly as we get into nizikin and Dine Mamanis, What is this principle? Chazaka, it's a halachic Chazaka. People, the psychology of human beings is that they will not walk up to a person from whom they borrowed money, look them in the face, and say, I borrowed nothing from you. People don't do that. Maybe today mm-hmm. things have changed. The brazenness has us, changed. Yeah. What? yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not questioning the halachic chazaka. I'm just, if you're a regular person, the chazaka applies. The chazaka is a halachic assumption is that a person will never lie in the face of the lender. If you lent me $1,000, I'll never look at you in the face and say, what are you talking about? You never lent me money because you look at me like, what are you talking about? I I have a carbon of the check. What, what are you talking about? I, it clear. we no one, people. The psychology of the Gemara is the Chazaka is that people don't lie in the face of their lender. They just don't do it. The borrower were not lying in the face of the lender, and I'm just saying that societally that may not be true anymore. But if you're a regular normal person, you you have a normal boundary that you just your brain doesn't let you cross it to to say what are you talking about? It's not true. So this is a Halachic Chazaka, and the Gemara says as follows. And this is um, an explanation of Raba, the explanation of the Sefara. The high, the boy, if a guy wanted to lie, he really should have rejected. He should have said, you owe me nothing. But he couldn't. But he couldn't because again, that brazenness is not. We're not that brazen. And the svara continues on the top of your base. And if he was really guilty, he should have admitted everything. Why? Why wouldn't he admit everything? Because he wanted to postpone his payments a little bit. When I get enough money, I'll pay everybody back. In that case, when a guy is only being modeh the reason he's oh he has to make a. Shvua is because he's like kind of threading the needle. He's it's it's not it's easy to lie on one part of this, which is I'm not going to lie and say I never borrowed from you, but I might lie and say I only owe you half. So when a person says half, we need to push him. And what is the push? We're going to force a Shavua on him so that if he really does owe the whole thing, he'll be like. Okay, but a shvuah <laughs> that's too much, and I'm not going to lie anymore because the consequences for shvuahs are severe. So therefore, he's, that that's how we kind of keep him honest, is that we force him to make a shvuah. Whenever a person's motive moda mixed asataina, we instantly assume that he has to make a shvuah, and that shvuah is meant to keep him honest. That's the halachic system of on the one hand, you have the chazaka of, and at the same time, so that he doesn't lie on the flip side and say, I owe you nothing, or say, I only owe you half just to keep him honest. He has to make a Shabuah. Now, how does that play out with our conversation? So here's how the two Tanoim would hold based on Rabba's concern. Fourth line down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a difference if it's the father talking or the son talking. In both cases, mm-hmm. Eino Meis. The halachic assumption of Eidon the Meiz Panav applies to father and son alike. V'hilkach, it's like the guy making the taina on his own. It's the father and son are the same. If the child knows that his father took a loan, he doesn't have the chutzpah still. He's got the paperwork. There's a paper. He knows he borrowed money. He's not going to look the guy in the face and say, I borrowed nothing. And it cannot be a case of Meshivavit. It's a regular Modem Adamei's case. And therefore he requires a Shavua. V'rabanon Sabrei, bohut Meiz. Only the person who actually borrowed the money, the father in this case is the one who borrowed the money, aval bibno, the son, who's a step removed from the malveh, from the lender, there, if he's a bit of a chutzpahnyak, he might be maize. That's what the Gemara says. the lo heiz, and because he didn't, because he wasn't maize, and he did admit to half. He didn't totally shut him out. It must be that he's telling the truth. And therefore, it's Kimeshi aveda. It's Meshhi aveda havi, And that is what the Machlokas is between. Again, this is a side, Saguya. But the Icar part of, of our Gemara, we learned two cases already today. And the two cases teach us that the level of specificity in our Mishnah as to what Rabbi Yeshua was talking about, where he said, is that pesha Asar who Apesha Hiter applies in that classical case specifically there. And these other cases could not be Rabbi Yeshua. They may be true. But they're not Rabbi Yoshua's shita, and therefore the Gemara, uh, the Gemara concludes that our Mishnah is accurate in the case that it presented for Rabbi Yoshua. That brings us to a new Mishnah. We're going to actually be wrapping up until about a third of the way down on Yotessa Medalef at the word gufa. Let's start this next Mishnah. <clears throat> there are Edim who see their own signatures on a document, and they say, yes, that's my handwriting. Aval, And then they qualify. Now we have to ask, do both comments count? Does their first comment count? The evidence that this is my handwriting, A. And then the qualification of, but I was compromised. Aval, maybe anusim ha'inu, we were forced. Ketanam hayinu I signed it as a child. Suli edus hayinu we were related to one another. So it says the Gemara, this is considered to be uh, Ne'emon. In other words, we accept both points. Namely, yes, that's my handwriting, which means that the document should be valid. However, it's not valid because the signatures were invalid because there was a pressure on me to sign. So it's two, right? It's Pesha Asar. Yeah, yeah. it says you owe money because my but it, but it does, the, the document's not valid. Then says the Gemara, but if I wasn't testifying that that was my signature, if Edim came in and said those are his signatures, they said it's my signature, or we have a, we have a graphologist on time. It's the same exact signature to another star that I signed last week. It looks exactly the same. They overlay the perfect, perfect match. If it's not me talking, if there's aidos or physical evidence of my signature elsewhere, then the second part of my statement is not believed. And then how would it play out? So there's two steps here and we have to make sure we have clarity here. Step number one, I look at a document. This is my signature. If I then say, but it really wasn't valid, Tanikama says, good to go. What's the qualification of the Gemara? The Mishnah says, but if other witnesses were there to see that that was your signature, then we don't trust your second comment that the signature was poor and then your signature was valid and therefore the star counts. Amar Rami bar There are two possible ways to understand this line of Rami Barhama. The Gemara will present both cases. We're not sure if when Rami Barhama gave shir, if this line that he said was talking about the seifa of the Mishnah or if it was talking about the ratio of the Mishnah. He gives a qualification. We're not sure where his qualification applies. Says the Gemara, take a look at Rashi. Rashi, uh, right as the Gemara opens, a quarter of the way down in Rashi's Gemara. So that's the Seifa. R- R- Rami bar says, we did not learn that a person whose handwriting was found elsewhere and therefore valid, that we therefore don't trust him to reject his own handwriting, Oh, so where do we know that that's true? That's only true when they say that they were paid off. If they were threatened by, by death, oh, someone's going to kill you if you don't sign here. So then, then we do trust those signatures. That, but? Either your brains or your signature. We're going to see a wild sheet on the top of the next page that says you should die. Yeah, we don't pask in that way. It's a misunderstanding of the of, of Reb Chizda, but the Gemara does present that way. Of course, that's not how we pask. We, we have only three, four scenarios where we're supposed to die. Um, the Gemara will speak about those. Obviously, the Gemara mitzvah says, and whenever there's a massive of Chil Hashem with a minion, any other, that even by Dini Darabon, and there's some shitas. Okay, let's get back to the Gemara. The Gemara says, that's a little bit much. Uh, and he, he says, how can that be? Once a person gives testimony, he can't go back and give a second testimony. So even if he gave that first testimony under duress, okay. But I mean, in American law, we have this about cases that are tried like double jeopardy. Like you can't try the same case twice. But that's not quite this because this is on one person's ages. American law. Absolutely, you can. That you might be perjured. (laughs) That's perjury, but we don't even allow for that. There's not. That's not a mitzvah. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the case. It's about the testimony, the narrower aspect. And the Gemara says, "What? Yeah, then you're done. Then you're done." And of course, when we do drisha Akira, we're we're like asking a billion questions. We're like, "Where exactly were you?" Everything is so nuanced. So, like, because the questions are so specific, so therefore, it's less likely that a person is going to lie. And if they recant, they're done for. And Says the Gemara, once the testimony leaves your mouth, so it can't be that by uh, by Nefeshos, we then say, Oh, we all of a sudden we trust him, it doesn't make sense. So, says the Gemara, maybe you'll say, Maybe we'll say, When do we say, That's that's by verbal testimony about the star low, but on a document, maybe the rule doesn't apply. The rule of maybe it doesn't apply to a star, that's not true. Halfway down, you're have that if a person signs on a star, it's no different than them having been investigated and interrogated in Bezdin, which is Al-Pe, which means that star and Pe are equal as it relates to the din of Keivan Shehigit No Magid. Shehigit No so, therefore, that can't be. Ella, we have to totally reunderstand Rami Barhama. We thought Rami Barhama was talking about the Seifa, where he said there was an Ones and he was forced to sign. Says the Gemara, that's really not correct. Two thirds of the way down. Ella Ki Itmar, when there wasn't a, a Memra, when there was a statement by Rami Bar-Chama, Aresha Itmar, it was talking about the beginning of our Mishnah. What did it say in the beginning of our Mishnah? He said, Yes, that's my signature on the star. However, it was a bad signature. We believe him. So we said, And on that, Rami bar says, The only reason that that's true is because there was an ones that was machmas nefashos. That's why there was any ne'emanus. But if a person says that they were anusin machmas mamon, that they were forced to because of a bribery, whatever it was, we don't believe him. So in my time, what's the difference with money? Because, says the Gemara, another shah's concept, again, shah's kata, pretty much every every daf we've learned so far has a massive shah's concept. Here's another one. Ein adam may sim rasha. It's uh, pleading the fifth, but in a slightly different iteration. We're not even registering. We're not even registering what you're saying. You cannot walk into Bezden and say I'm a Russia. That's just not the way that it works. And you're saying that you agreed to take a bribe and therefore nobody is going to even believe you. Atsmo, Russia. That's not even a possible that's not even possible. Rashi, three lines into the wide lines. Atsmo, Russia. Atsmo atsmo. The lumdus of saying that atsmo, Russia is that I can't give evidence testimony about me because I'm related to me. So I can't walk into bezdin and say, Phil did a terrible, I'm not naman to do that. I'm not allowed to give Edus that apostles me. It's not this like lofty idea. It's a halachic idea that I cannot bring myself to the point of possling myself. Again, it's not like this touchy-feely thing. It's halachic. I'm a karo I'm a, I'm related to me. And therefore I cannot pass it on myself. I also cannot say I took a bribe. So, I cannot walk into Beznan and say that. Therefore, uh, this uh, this excuse that the Gemara says, yeah, there were my signatures, but I took money. No one believes you. Tunarabban, and the Brisa writes, Ein de Now Rashi explains, we're not going to, we, we can read the Rashi. Rashi's five lines into the wide lines. Rashi says, Ein ra, uh, In the name of Rev Meir, that's what the Gemara, the Gemara says. Rashi says, A resha de pali. He's arguing with the Rashi of our mission. Now, our mission presented only one opinion. But Rav Meir is coming in and saying, I disagree with the Reshavar. What did the Reshavar Mishnah say? Yes, they're my signatures, but I'm going to be matir and say that those signatures were bad. Says Rav Meir, I'm not Macabal. We don't believe the second part of your comment. Yeah, I agree that those are your signatures, but you can't come back afterwards and say, I was a Kata and I was an Anus. You can't say any of that. Okay, so we have to learn, figure out why in a moment. Let's continue the Bray. So, the Chacham like the Tanakam of our Mishnah. Now, Bishlam Rabbanon, we understand the rationale for the Rabbanon to say that you're neman in the case of pesha asar pesha hitar, because kita amayhu, Sha pesha asar pesha We allow for me to first create a scenario of problem and solve that problem all on my lonesome. I, that's easy. Yes, those are my signatures. Star is good. But my signatures were bad. Star is not bad again. We allow for that. We understand the Rabbanon. What's complex? is the sheet of Rav Meir, because Rav Meir seems to paint this picture of, yes, we believe the first part of your sentence. Yes, those are my signatures. Rav Meir says, stop, I don't want to hear anything else. Those are your signatures. You want to qualify now that you are a that's Too bad, you're done. You're done. The star is valid. Your signatures are kosher. the says, I don't understand. And the Rav, Rav Meir, my though Why did Rav Meir only trust the first part of my comment to say that it's my signatures, but not the qualifications of that comment, which is that my signature is bad? I understand. Says Gamar. I understand why we did not accept psulei It can't be because the the lender, nobody lends out money without a research project. When I was signing up to BMO, it was very. I took out a loan from Rabbi. First, they grilled me, and I had to write sixty post dated checks to pay the whole thing back. They grilled me. Were they besuffic about me? And I had a cosigner. It was a whole arichos. The Malva knows what they're up against. They know. There's no way, there's no way that the guy who signed that star of a Malve was a bad guy. So says the Gemara, Rav Meir is saying, I know exactly who's signing. I have no spankos about him. You want to come back now and say you're a bad guy? I don't even believe you. I don't even believe you. Done. Even in regards to a cut, then says we're not going to believe that kid either. Why? Kid ben Lakish. of Done. Uh, end of conversation. Kids don't sign shtaros. So Rebbe says I understand all of that. But where is the thorn in the side of the sheet of Rav Meir? Where he believes the claim that it's my signature, but ignores the qualification that the that there was a psul. It's in this case on the second line. You test medalef ella anusin my taima. If the chosmin, if the signers were forced, if there was an ones, so then why doesn't Rav Meir believe them? Says the Gemara, and this was the crazy answer, Michael, that I was telling you about, because Kasavarav Rav Meir Sheker Taharogu, sign so that I don't kill you. Ye That's unbelievable. How is that even remotely possible? And the Gemara rejects this outright. Le Raba, hold on one second. This is basics. hashta Ilu Asu Let's say that we were uh, that they came over to us to ask us to shaila. You know, they're holding a gun to my head. Should I sign? Should I not sign? Go sign the thing and don't get killed. To Amar Mar, after all, we know the famed principle of the three cardinal cardinal rules. There are only three things that we die for and signing a document isn't one of them. So it says the Gemara, now after the fact, of Mayor that they're signed. Um, why did you sign it? I know exactly why you signed it. You did exactly what you should have done. It was because I signed it, of course. Poshas, it says the Gamar, That cannot be what Reb Meir means. By the way, we don't have time for this, but what was Ramchifta talking about? <laughs> what a crazy habamita. I mean. You're supposed to die to sign a document. Okay, not now, but that's uh, that's his shita. Says the Gemara's final response uh, of Meir. What is the reason why Rav Meir in the brisa that was presented at the very bottom of Yud Chesem Why does he say that we break up the comment of the of the signers, the signatories? I say yes, that's my signature, but we don't listen to my qualification that I was an anus or I was a puzzle. Why not? says that says the Gemara, kid Amar Rab. He is holding like the sheet of Rav. Of course, Rab Meir lived well before Rav. Obviously, the Gemara is just putting in information. Uh, the names are, was only presented after. amar Rab Mode Rav has a principle. We're not going to learn about this now. We're going to learn about this. Uh, we learned about it a little bit in Shabbos. We'll learn about it more in Baba Matsia. Says the Gemara that Rav has a principle. The moment that someone says that's my signature, we don't have to do any more research. We instantly trust that signature. Now, obviously, that requires learning. That requires lumdas. We have to understand what was bothering Rob, that he had to go that far. Isn't it bad evidence for me to say that it's my signature, but I didn't, I didn't mean to? We had we can figure out what Rob's said, but that's not for now. We're gonna stop right here at Gufa tomorrow night. I'll send out a text for when she will be tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night.